0: My spidey sense is tingling. L-O. He is
1: jamming with us in the eighties. And he just don't care He's Slim, the host of the Paper Keg Podcast, episode
0: 108 Coming in hot, uh, Paper Keg 108 Uh, We talk about industry, news, the books we're reading And we'll do a book club together We went into the greatest hits, archives, Frank Miller, Mazzucchelli, Born Again,
1: So maybe you're a new listener, you're tuning in for the first time, and you want to know who are these yokels? Telling you how to feel or think about comics Well, I'm going to tell you who and why Uh, The VP of Merch Also an apologist And forced to pay reparations On HBO's Life Too Short Against the dwarven population of the country Podcast Bad Boy And Dale underscore A Welcome to the show
2: Uh, Thanks Slim, it's good to be back I'll tell you what, it's I'm gonna be coming in hot in about two seconds if this pop filter doesn't stay still. You know what I mean? It's wiggling all around. It's got uh, some sort of severed backbone, and I don't know where I'm going with that. But Paper Keg 108, folks, uh, born again. It's it's gonna be a great. Cut
1: episode. him off,
0: Junji, Just cut, cut him off. He's he's dragging too Jonesy. long. Our, Get him out of here.
1: Our next host, you might know, might not know is your voting district's alderman of Mm. pro-wrestling. He controls that fandom for you at your local town hall meetings. He's also codenamed Slim, and he is the host of this podcast. Welcome, Slim, to your own show.
0: Thank you. One of the most memorable introductions I've ever received on this show by far, and it's an honor to be here once again, thanks for having me, Gen Z Loves Beer.
1: Yeah, I am Twitter's, uh, you know, deflated Dark Knight, uh, at Jonesy hey, Loves Beer, uh, and I have no special titles except for fanfic aficionado.
0: I think you've also been officially voted the least popular host in show history.
1: It's actually not by votes, it's just by the numbers. <laughs> the numbers have come in, and I'm just dead last. I'm behind... Uh, Beth Corto's girlish laugh from episode mm-hmm. 51.
0: Uh, what a show we have planned this evening. It is okay. the night is young. Dale underscore A drug his sleepy body into the <laughs> studio to record. He fell asleep before we were supposed to record. I mean, he's a father now of two kids. How do you, how do you find time, Dale underscore A, to read comics these days? Do anything, um. really.
2: Well, to do anything, I, you know, basically I pretend like I have a bathroom emergency I got to run and go take care of at least 10 times a day. And while the rest of the family is on to me and rolling their eyes, they can't help the stench, the proof that I can produce when it's, uh, when it's go time. And I get on there and uh, I start reading comics. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: You read comics until your legs get numb on that porcelain throne. That's just, there's just facts. I was uh, on vacation this past
2: week. Didn't get one thing read. It was a rough time. I was with my kids 24 7. You oh know, God.
0: I'm sorry to hear that. Push me over the edge. We'll have to talk about that at another juncture together. Mm-hmm. Um, on your show that you do, hashtag the flap. Let's get into the news. Um, you know, we're busy people, we get the news. Over the wire before we record, um, Dale. What did uh, did you were you able to attain some news over the wire before the show?
2: Yeah, I, I checked the uh, the wire machine just as soon as I uh, came down the stairs to record to see if any more wires came over. <laughs> and George Perez, love him, much lauded. Right, he had a hand in what? JLA Avengers we read?
0: Uh yeah. Avengers, That's, you name it. Uh
2: the oh, Tiny Titans, hands-y. Teen Titans, <laughs> Teen Titans <laughs> uh Goofball Storyline read. He has gone exclusive with one publisher, Boom Studios.
1: What? Wow.
2: He has washed his hands of the corporate shenanigans. The big two tend to—I uh,
1: would say—images shenanigans are getting exponentially worse. Jonesy has a bone
0: two. to pick with image comics, oh, and Jones-y. he doesn't care who knows it. Right. Just one member. Just <sighs> one.
2: It's my understanding that if earthquakes happen, okay, <laughs> you're done top for. Top
1: earthquake men, top earthquake specialists have confirmed
2: this news. So that's that's our boy George Perez who recently. Walked off the Superman title after six issues. Mm. And i that's mm. the last I heard of the man. He resurfaces uh, over at Boom weird.
0: Studios. Some questionable comics mm-hmm. to, la- to launch that Superman title with, if I may speak out of turn. We'll see what he does at Boom Studios. The guy is a living legend. Yeah, I don't think,
2: uh, <clears throat> you know, there's no evidence that he should be slowing down anytime soon. And you know maybe we'll see something, come out of there, you know. God forbid any pending earthquakes or, whatever. Alleged. Alleged.
0: Uh, we right before we record, Jonesy loves beer. Was doing some kind of news jig. He was accumulating news at a pace that I've never seen before. What kind of what kind of nuggets did you pull over your wire?
1: Oh uh, well, my super outdated reader wire. Uh, told me one interesting tidbit, and that is in October, uh, Marvel's going to solicit a crossover event called the Arms of the Octopus, essentially spoiling the fact, or the time, rather, that uh, Doc Ock will return to his own body, maybe? (laughs) Maybe? So uh, (laughs) the actual news... Uh, is that the X Men, Avengers, and Spider Man titles will cross over in this event, and it'll be three oversized issues? But uh, the title pretty clear: the Arms of the Octopus. I can almost imagine that it'll be in these three oversized books that Peter Parker will make his triumphant return to fight his arch foe. What do you guys think?
0: Arch foe. I think there's a lot. Of Coin. Ho- there's a I whole lot of Jonesy math
2: this. happening right over there. <laughs>
0: Jonesy threw out a lot of numbers and a lot of titles, and I'm not sure what's going to stick. Jonesy I'm loves even conclusions. <laughs> I'm not even sure this this series was actually even announced. I think Jonesy had Michael a fever Costa dream of
1: uh, World of Warcraft comics. Will be penning these issues. Who? Michael Costa. Michael anyway. Costa,
0: best known for his work on oh, Wow. That's uh, this. I think this can be attributed to one of Jonesy's diarrhea fever dreams when he was in the toilet and his NyQuil legs went numb and everything went dreams. black.
2: It's probably a good thing most of the listening audience can't hear what he's saying anyway, so it's a, it's <laughs> we'll just dub in something. Uh, Jonesy has also, situated
0: his microphone in such a manner that he has to <laughs> pull a complete one eighty from where he's sitting to talk into the microphone. It's I like for
1: people to see my my cul-de-sacs
0: when I record visually. It's a curious choice of a microphone placement. How about so the, next in the news, <laughs> <excuse> uh, <me. laughs> Summer Glau
1: of Firefly fame and uh, Terminator of the Sarah Connor Chronicles is officially slated to kill Arrow season two coming up next year. She will be playing a major villain role.
0: Huntress. Is it Huntress? No,
1: no, it's some kind of a uh, Oracle. The, the CEO of Selmore Industries that's poised to take over Queen Consolidated. Selmore. Selmore? Um.
0: I don't know what's going on. I
1: could be making all this stuff up. You guys don't even know. <laughs> I don't know. doubt it. I really don't doubt it. And uh, finally, the Atomic Robo new project, funded in just two hours. Wow. On Kickstarter. Two hours. Brian Clever just said he was, he was not prepared for it to be funded that fast, and uh, he'll be stretching out the rewards
0: for what's, contributors. What's the project exactly? What are, what are people funding?
1: Uh, it's a it 's not a new series it 's a handbook it 's kind of like a an ancillary uh, book that kind of guides everybody it 's called the Tesladyne field guide uh topics will be how to deal with errant dinosaurs of course so you 've got an evil twin <laughs> coping with alternate realities and lightning gum maintenance so I guess just like real science adventures it won 't be you know it 'll be a hodgepodge of just Different comic stuff.
0: Tell you yeah. what, you want to you want to get a Kickstarter project funded? Add Tesla anywhere near it, oh and yeah, and you're you're in the clear.
2: You win already.
1: <laughs> Perhaps you've heard of my new comic book called Tesla Nuclear
2: Robot? <laughs> and would like to fund me. Funded. The
0: inherited Tesla.
2: <laughs> Can't wait to uh, congratulate uh, Brian Clevenger on his. Kickstarter work by not making eye contact with me. <laughs>
0: and Some kind of Insanity Wolf meme. <laughs> yeah. Jonesy's preparing an Insanity Wolf meme as we speak. <laughs> if I could, it would be hot off my thumbs. What an amazing uh, display from Jonesy on the news right there. He, It's like he's a natural. He's on fire tonight. I mean, I think he, he realized last
2: week was just a total... I mean, he was out... He was out of it last week. He was down for the yeah. count. I'm not even sure I was on that show last week. I was
1: so out of it. I think was your
0: your, your your handkerchief won some points on the internet. Yeah, uh, a lot of people tweeted this, me. I know when I'll be guest. back. Nobody tweeted you asking when I'll be back. They were no. You're right. God. Another diarrhea fever dream. What's hap- What did you uh? What did you read this week, Dale? Let's get into the comic talk. <clears throat> well, to not. Uh I know I
2: realize the the book club book has Daredevil on it, alright, born again. But Indestructible Hulk number nine and ten what you're thinking? What Dale? What are you not talking about a dark horse or image or other book? Why? Indestructible Hulk guest stars Daredevil the specific reasons why I read the issues and <clears throat> S.H.I.E.L.D. is uh, tapping Banner slash Hawk for an illegal arms deal happening down in Hell's Kitchen so Banner kind of knows what's getting ready to go happen and he calls up Murdoch and says, hey man, I'm going to be in your neighborhood you know, uh you mind basically kind of keeping an eye out, doing a spot check. He's The big sort of secret is Banner put Murdoch, Matt Murdoch, on retainer as an insurance policy, basically. If something happens to the Hulk, like if S.H.I.E.L.D. tries to pull any dirty tricks, uh, Matt Murdoch is to go public with some of the goings-on at S.H.I.E.L.D. So that's kind of um, Bruce Banner's check to keep S.H.I.E.L.D. in check. You know, it's like a triangle kind of thing. But... Uh, they, they make the Hulk, Hulk out. He busts up the uh, the arms deal. But one arm, one gun of this uh, supersonic gun escapes to Baron Von Zemo. Uh-oh. Yeah. Him. <sighs> and he is getting ready to wreak havoc when the Hulk busts up his shop and he's been gathering all kinds of different weaponry and um the weaponry involved obviously makes hawk go primal when they use it on him like he can't even be controlled by matt murdock who seems to have a bigger sphere of influence uh, of influencing uh hawk's actions when he's freaking out and stuff so basically by the end of the issue hawk can't be controlled and then After a while, he calms down, and there's a whole confusing cliffhanger that uh, Bruce Banner and Matt Murdock are talking about something um, shield related and could possibly be dropping a bomb of some sort. We have to stay tuned. Hmm. Um, Very, very good issues. It's still very formulaic to Banner works for S.H.I.E.L.D. in exchange for resources and stuff like that. I could see how the... I haven't read any of these other issues except one. It's probably very uh, Monster of the Week or Adventure of the Week kind of a read, which yeah, isn't I was a bad ask,
0: thing. I was going to ask if you had read the series up to this because um, Hulk isn't getting like the super positive buzz that Daredevil gets like day in and day out. So I'm wondering what the story is. And I, reading it, I think,
2: I don't know. I I'm, I can only assume I can't get into this inside the head of Mark Wade. It doesn't read like Daredevil, which which is absolutely fantastic. It's top, tops, but maybe. I don't know. Maybe I don't know if Mark Wade this was Mark's idea or if they're just asking Mark Wade to write it. But it's not. Bad, but maybe that's Mark what Mark Wade can do with the material or something. I'm not sure. Hmm. But it's it wasn't anything super great, it was enjoyable, and certainly because of Daredevil, I read it, and Daredevil was great in it. Um but other than that, you know, it's still it was still kind of lukewarm like the first issue if you gave the first issue a try.
0: Was this uh Mateo Scalera on art? Yes, it was, yeah. That's the guy that's going to be doing the spiritual successor to Fear Agent Black Science. That's right. From Image Comics. You're
2: absolutely right. He's got, between him and the colorist, he's got, uh, it's got a nice style. It's a little more... Action-y? Action-y, yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, in the face, it's... It's in your face,
0: it is a, deep in your face. What do you read it,
2: Lionel Yui? In, 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 you mean Lionel
0: yeah. <laughs> right? Jonesy loves beer. Um, can I pull you away from your cell phone for three minutes? Sure. Uh, what are you guys I, doing? You guys recording? A you know, show I, I know you're checking your mentions on Twitter, seeing what people are saying about you. You cannot stop. You're an animal. <laughs> uh, what did you read this week? I want to talk about Ghosted.
1: Uh, published by Image Comics uh, with Kirkman's Skybound imprint. Uh, written sure. by Joshua Williamson. Art by Goran Sazuka. And the uh, synopsis is uh, Jackson Winters is a Danny Ocean-esque character, con man, thief. And uh, instead of his casino heist going right, he's involved one, with one that goes terribly wrong, and he's incarcerated. He's broken out of prison by a, um, a young lady who's a super mercenary, can break into a prison by herself and uh, steal this guy away. And basically, he's given a choice by this very eccentric billionaire who collects supernatural items. He said, I want you to go to this famous haunted house and steal me a live ghost from my collection. You know uh, Winters is not going to go back to prison. So he takes the deal. And he assembles himself. An Ocean's Eleven type team. Of people that can pull this task off. And they set out. To uh, enter the mansion. Uh, the uh, There is a. Quasi cliffhanger. I'm not sure if it's spoilers or not. So I'm going to give it away. But uh, the. I guess gypsy mind reader. he uh, He hires a go with him. Uh, he asked her in the foyer, you know, do you have anything yet? Did you pick anything up? And you switch to her point of view and there's like a thousand ghouls coming at her and the last page is this beautiful splash page of her going nope. So to be continued, great premise. You know, it's uh I like uh, the high stylized supernatural thing and I uh the little hook at the end was enough to bring me back for issue two. Hmm. You guys read this?
0: I have it downloaded, but I'm gonna read it. No, I, well, I just give you the whole pot. so. <laughs> why bother? <laughs> <laughs> I think I think that to myself every time Jonesy talks about a comic book. Why bother? Great. The uh, Did you read the preview pages for Velvet from uh, and and I Was that the end? No, I didn't. No, I mean, I've just been circulating the internets since the hot Image Expo hashtag. <laughs> um, but it, the colors on it, I think, are really... Cool. It's from uh, Betty Brightweiser. She, I think she worked with her husband on Winter Soldier for a little bit, but really, really cool colors. Reminds me of uh, Dean White. Ooh, yeah, mm. yeah. I don't know what a book I want to talk about. Colorist
2: some... on the spiritual successor <laughs>
0: <laughs> to. Um, Just say it. I want to hear you say it. Fear agent. You know, he's also doing, I just saw a co- cover from Remendo on uh, the second issue from Carlos Pacheco <laughs> on Captain America with Nuke on the cover. That guy, he's getting a new lease on life with those Dean White colors. Hmm. It's It looks great. Yeah. Pacheco's art on that, on those covers. Tremendous. Um, I'm not sure what book I want to talk about. I, lo- I read um, Walking Dead. I want to talk about Batman sixty six. I want to talk about Justice League. Which one? Which one should I pick? I don't know. Um, Can
2: I recommend uh, Justice League? I want to hear what was uh, maybe (laughs) bleeding confirmed. Was that a bleeding confirmed?
0: That was an epic delay in in that sentence. I was Uh, actually, or your internet just crapped out and there was just a delay.
2: I was looking at my own blinky eyes Face? in the uh in the uh Google Hangout and I was like I look my little beady eyes in this angle looks like Conan
0: O'Brien's like little beady <laughs> eyes um Justice League 20 something the beginning of the Trinity War for DC Comics uh, I know some of you are probably yawning but stay with me <sighs> Gen Z especially uh, so this is the the main event crossover they've been teasing since the New 52 launched is actually not Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman at each other's throats, which is what I would assume by something called the Trinity War. It's actually the three Justice League teams going at it. There are three. There's Justice League. There's Justice League of America, uh, which is the one that was put together to combat the Justice League team should they ever get out of line which sounds like a familiar plot idea but I can't place it um, and Justice League Dark which I have no idea what is happening in that book mm. um, so this book opens with um, Batman or Superman and Wonder Woman in the previous issue had gone into Kuwait uh, to like take down a a saddam hussein type character and it sent shock waves through so like that area is now off limits to all americans and shazam which has been reimagined at the in the backups of justice league is like this little jerky kid and it's like superior essentially if people have read superior and not interested in shazam um so he does battle with Black Adam, and Black Adam dies, and he wants to go bury his ashes in Kuwait, which I guess is where Black Adam was from. So he does this, not realizing, I guess, the stink that Superman and Wonder Woman had made. So he goes there, and then the Justice League goes after him to stop him. By their and then maker. Justice League of America see this as their opportunity to go take them down. But the team is not really on the same wavelength as their bosses. So what's interesting... First of all, the art is amazing. Ivan Rice, Reyes, that yeah. was doing Aquaman. Holy smoke. Guy's a legend. Um, Dr. Light is on Justice League of America. If you remember Identity Crisis, he was the guy that did some inappropriate r and was really just not a nice As guy. As opposed to
1: the appropriate kind?
0: Well, I mean, I guess it's oh. an assumed inappropriateness. So, But in this book... Sure. I think this is the first new 52 version of him and he's like a nice guy. Hmm. He uh he's a good guy and they bring him into the Justice League and he wants to do good and his power, which maybe this has been the case the whole time, I don't really know, but his power is like when he goes into a room with light, he just sucks it into himself and all the lights go out. Like he just absorbs light or just sun energy. I have no idea uh so he they confront the justice league and dr light's powers spoilers dr light's powers go wonky when he gets near superman since superman i guess you know absorbs energy like that kind of whatever so and For then the story like, i guess it
2: does yeah.
0: <laughs> i mean i have no <laughs> idea uh so something happens with dr light he's like freaking out superman uh, there's like a something happens to Wonder Woman, so Superman freaks out even more. So he tells Doctor Light to stop, and he vaporizes his face with his ex, his uh, heat vision. Vaporized his face. There's a subplot going on with stunned. with uh, Pandora and her needing Superman to open up the box, which I'm just really hazy Is that on the details. Sexual metaphor? <laughs> you are on thin ice, Mister Thin. <laughs> Um so there's a lot of characters that I have no idea who they are like the Phantom Stranger, the mystery, the question, I don't know. There's so many lame Oh, the Question is in there? Yeah, I, maybe. Hmm. Some guy without a face. Mm-hmm. I thought that he was the same person as the Phantom Stranger because they both wear the same clothes. Mm, um But I mean, I'm really interested in. it. I thought it was going to be a dud, but I like I like where it's going so far. Hmm. Okay. And um I mean, once when, su- when Superman vaporizes someone's face with heat vision, I mean, you can't go wrong.
2: Do you think it's uh, pick upable for somebody who hasn't read Justice League since issue one?
0: Yeah, uh, Johns does some some heavy lifting with explaining mm-hmm. why the Justice League of America exists. You know, okay. y- it's it's easy to jump in. I mean, I ha- haven't been reading previous issues, but I had a general idea mm-hmm. of what was going on, so I recommend it.
2: You're in the biz, you know.
0: Uh, alleged biz, alleged in the, next I don't week speak for be, Comixology next or comiXology. I don't speak for my employees. Alleged in the biz next week. <laughs> I'll be texting you from San Diego Comic Con telling you that I'm in the elevator with Rob Liefeld and he's shaving, the, like the, like last year. Right.
2: Yeah. And I'll be so
0: jealous. Or, hey be, Dale, I, I just actually
1: had dinner for real with Chris Somni. mm mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> we laughed about your uh, your secret room or your basement where you're supposed gonna, to live, right, buddy? Uh, I'm going to uh, start
0: uh. my own podcast with Chris Somney at San Diego Comic-Con, and I'm just going to just blow your mind.
2: And it's only going to be available for Dale to download for <laughs> an audience of one. I will raise a stink if that is to happen. <laughs> Let it be known right
0: now. You know it's serious when he puts the one finger up. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Lightning round. Two sentences or less. Another book you read, Jonesy Loves Beer... Please indulge us. Hawkeye,
1: issue number 12. Uh, hot off the heels of the Pizza Dog issue. Did you ever want to know about Hawkeye's brother? Did you even care? You should. <laughs> Fraction.
0: You wanna Your face after that. You just I wanna you pursed your lips like i effing nailed it. Nailed it.
2: He says he is on fire. That's not one of my sentences. Mouse Guard, Legends of the Guard, issue one. Okay? Listen here, okay. Stan Sakai. In a Mouse Guard story. That's amazing. Take my hand and dream with me, (laughs) dear listener. Because they can come true.
0: Rebuttal. You're going to rebuttal me. Batman66, number two from DC Comics. Digital first Guided View native comic on your iPad. Quite possibly the most enjoyable and entertaining comic being created today. Lightning rebuttal. Daredevil Born Again from Frank Miller David Mazzucchelli I think is how you pronounce his name. Mazzucchelli. Um, Jonesy, please just, just please tell us. I'm going to make a conscience effort to rein it in. You can do whatever you want. Do whatever Daredevil you need, whatever feels right. Your show. This is Born your show, Jonesy. Again. <laughs>
1: Even when I do a good job, I get trolled. All right. So <laughs> this book club is the that. quintessential Daredevil story. Uh, it started the term murdocking. That's when you take a character and you strip anything good away in his life and you just watch him squirm and see how he reacts. Uh, The Kingpin acquires some information from a junkie Karen Page and that information is Murdoch's identity as Daredevil. Uh, He slowly and methodically uses this information to strip away everything from Matt Murdoch. He strips away his life as a lawyer, his friendship with uh, Foggy Nelson... Uh, He blows his house apart In a a firebomb to the ground And in that one moment Matt Murdock knows it's Kingpin Because he signed it And uh, Daredevil Goes through even more heartache As he's physically beaten by the Kingpin As he Loses the strands of his mind Maybe meets his mother? Question mark? And uh, eventually He realizes that a man without hope Is a man without fear and he sits down the long road to gain it all back, and some of the most important Captain America character development, all in the pages of Daredevil: Born Again.
0: You feel a large weight lifted off your shoulders after that? I, I do.
1: I, I I thought a while about writing something down to go off of, but I'm glad I went off the skin of my pants.
0: Um. When did you first read Born Again Jonesy? You're the you're the daredevil historian (laughs) on this show. Bendy's
1: run on Daredevil drink uh, got me into the character hardcore. I'd always liked Daredevil. I remember uh, buying Kevin Smith's Guardian Devil Run, which kind of started my liking of the character. But after I started reading uh, Underboss, I went down and read the classics. I did uh, you know I read Electra. Uh, and then I read Frank Miller's amazing retelling of his origin, where he introduces Stick in the martial arts uh, uh, realm of his origin. And then, at that time, Underboss came out is when I found and discovered Born Again and its greatness. It's uh, it it's been one of those books that I read probably two or three times a year, just because uh, the the art on the book, the Mas Kelly art. And uh, the way he draws action is incredible. Like the way that Matt Murdock ties his robe is like this heroic thing where he like takes you to the gun show. But all he's doing is, you know, put a robe on and walking to get his pot of coffee. And I just love the fact that towards the tail end of the book that Captain America makes like huge decisions about his life. And how he's going to go forward with the whole super soldier part of his life in the pages of Daredevil. And only Frank Miller could make the last issue of a of a character's big book about another character and you, you feel good about it. It's just some of the greatest issues in comics.
2: Alright. Good night, guys. Good night, folks. <laughs> No the this story um, after reading it I went to the Wikipedia and just to kind of bounce my th- thoughts and reflections on what what the uh, Wikipedia at large had to say and I guess there's a lot of religious connotation. Obviously, it's called Born Again, but you know as we have, may have talked before on here and, and on the flap. You know, I'm 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 ignorant to a lot of religion specifically, other than you know I could tell some of the poses Matt Murdock was drawn in on the on the big splash pages and stuff like that. But I love how this is a Matt Murdock story, and to see the man descend into madness. Is gold. It's bone chillingly. Good. Like it's bone chillingly. Frightening. How. It is. Written. And drawn. I don't know who planned what. As far as you know. The, pa- the panels. Working in such. Uh, uh, synergy with each other. But. That's when it really st- it like it.
0: That's playing ball like that. I don't even think you see books like that anymore. Like the way every issue opened with how his day began and where he was sleeping, mm-hmm. and how that gradually got worse every first page of every issue. Like that kind of planning. I mean, I can't think of a a big two book that has that kind of foresight uh, in a book. I mean, and you're right, his descent into madness was absurdly good. I mean, the one mm-hmm. the one part where, he, you know, his inner monologue where he's in that uh, garbage apartment and he gets up to leave and then he realizes that he never left because, like, he just dozed off. He's like, oh, I dozed off. I must have just passed out in my bed, like, where he has that vision where he beat someone to death. And he touched the doorknob. Like yeah. he it, it, so
2: it's it was like a nightmare on elm street movie like you have to watch when the person blinks because that's when they really fall asleep and then everything happened after isn't really happening but he touched the doorknob that really happened and then he he dreams himself going and like kicking the kingpin's a and then he wakes wakes up from his you know delirium and he's like oh i i almost got out that time i w- I touched the doorknob and when he's the inner monologue, when he's making the phone calls, and he's just like, "Oh, I'm just calling the operator to get the times," you know, because there's no there's no clock in there. And then it's really Gloria and Foggy. He's called again because Gloria and Foggy make reference to how Matt keeps calling and hanging oh, up. Oh yeah! Holy smokes! Just epic.
0: And just he completely leaves the phone hanging, and it's just it's like there there's no on the other end. It's like the time is now, you know, twelve noon. Where he's like, he gives that speech into the phone to Foggy. Yeah. Oh man. I mean the the scenes. I'm jumping all over the place because I didn't take notes. But the Ben Urich stuff was a masterpiece. Mm-hmm. Where he, holy God, there's a mouse on the floor. stance guy. Stancea guy. a guy. Apartment of the Year, in New Jersey. Everybody, check it out. <laughs> um, when when he's on the phone listening to the woman murder the cop, and she wants him to hear it over the phone, and the camera shifts closer and closer, like the Scorsese camera pull away trick, and you know he gets closer, but the background moves away. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable. I was literally like emotional reading that page and then eventually he gets so close and he's so frightened that his face is just red and everything else is still the same color behind him unbelievable Mm unbelievable how good that was
2: the whole pacing behind him there's like three minutes until the the article needs to get in because the paper needs to run or something so all these people in the newsroom are screaming around him and they're talking about ben in front of ben and the, the other ladies looking for the copy boy. It's just the pacing of that, the conversation around him, and all he can do is focus on what he's listening to on the phone, which is a man being murdered. Holy S. Mm-hmm. There's so many great
1: just moments that this book wraps you up in. And I love also some of the superhero like I wanna call it like a, a snap cut that you would see in a movie. And one of the one of the ones that jumped to my mind that makes Frank Miller such a great superhero writer is at the end of the book. You know, Daredevil doesn't have a costume for most of this uh, series.
2: <coughs>
1: Excuse me, and uh, we find out that uh, the gladiator uh, Melvin Potter uh, has has a legit job now. He was re- uh, reformed by Daredevil, and he makes gear. He makes costumes, and he also makes like fighting gear. And uh, the mob wants to... Kingpin, essentially, and the mob wants to tap him to make a real, realistic Daredevil suit so they can frame him, frame Daredevil, and take, like, the last piece of uh, Matt's life away, and that's Daredevil's good name. And uh, the audience finds out that Daredevil, on his upswing, discovers this because he was going to see uh, Potter anyway to get a new costume. And there's a scene where the mob is basically trying to get leverage on potter and say you need to make this costume or we're going to you know turn you back into the gladiator and take all the good stuff away in life and like he hangs up the phone and Matt's just a shadow and he's like it's okay do it make the costume and i could just see that mm-hmm. as like a movie moment where like the camera pans over and you just see matt murdock there saying like do it make it like it's just yeah, those punchy awesome. scenes he does are just so I don't know,
2: bad A, you know? Yeah, and those little those little scenes were so feel good because I mean the what he had experienced and this is like his climb back out of the hole and the little stuff like that was just like awesome to see because you know this guy he tri- tried to look go legit is kind of reassured that you know don't be don't worry about me do what you got to do to for yourself and for your business and stuff like that that was really that was really neat and the fight with
1: the guy who the insane asylum inmate who eventually wears the costume oh, man. and Matt confronts him on the rooftop and they have that dirty fight and at the end like Matt kinda remembers who he is mm-hmm. and like his martial arts kick back in. Like couldn't you see that in the film where like he's getting his A handed to him all of a sudden he just like focuses and gets back up. And I, like just do like a cutaway to his dad, maybe, I don't know. It could be so great.
2: I thought that I thought that fight was that whole sequence was amazing because like the psycho beats the guy, Wesley, to death, who was the Kingpin's like right hand. And the the the, the, the guy's like, So do you remember what apartment you're supposed to go to, right? And he says, Five B and then he just starts beating the guy 5B, five, five B, B. five B screaming mm-hmm. he's screaming it. That was that was bananas, like that guy was complete lost his mind, psycho. And To not forget, I mean, all this happened because a woman needed a fix of heroin. Like, oh my God. The illustrations and the description Frank Miller used when this girl, I felt like I needed a fix of heroin. (laughs) Like, she was willing to do anything for this drug. And the way he describes the withdrawals in her body and stuff like that, it was it was amazing like you just you just hated this girl and you know it's the ju- the drugs doing all the bad stuff but she th- like selling out Matt Murdock was just one of many things that she went through for that fix and there was and there, just I mean, one she didn't get like a year's supply right. she got one she got one she'd hit she'd sell out every one of the uh, Avengers and Peter Parker for you know they just <laughs> if she could for a, for a one hit after another
0: How about the um, parts where as Kingpin was like reveling in his his victory as Matt Murdock was broken, he was thinking, you know, one day I think I saved it. He's like, who knows? Maybe I'll hire him to work for our company. Mm -hmm. Like he has totally destroyed Matt Murdock and he's like, perhaps I will hire him. What's left of him after a time after he has learned now how powerless he has. Like, that kind of start. Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, I, was, I mean the 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 thought process of the kingpin was and still is. You know, I haven't read Underboss, Underboss or the Kingpin stuff in a while, but I mean, this is like total gold mm. into the psyche of the Kingpin. This is. I feel like this
1: is kind of the seed for how their relationship would progress from after Born Again until the modern era. Like, if you read it now, and especially the Underboss stuff, but even now that uh, Kingpin's the leader of the hand, he has this begrudging respect for Murdoch and the fact that, you know, in Underboss, and when Matt Murdoch declared himself the Kingpin of Hell's Kitchen himself, no other criminal was allowed to go after him. Like, the Kingpin had, like, a sense of honor. Like, he wouldn't trade on his identity. And when everybody had asked kingpin like if you knew if you know why he is or if you know who he is why don't you go after him and he doesn't reference this but he says something in the lines of like because he's too good for the likes of you the man has too much honor mm. and it needs he needs somebody like me to finally beat him it's like this weird almost friendship that they have there's like res-
0: there's like a respect mm-hmm. I yeah there's that. like a super several times level respect. i think in bendis or Brubaker's one where like he mentions like he's not to be touched Like, no one touches Daredevil. And, I mean, I'm just, the Mazzucchelli stuff, I mean, he did year one, and he didn't do a ton of, like, big two work. Like, But the big two work he did was, they're all, like, masterpieces. And I'm thinking, I'm paging through, I took some screenshots of when he's in that crappy apartment, and he's, like, thinking to himself, he's like, I need so much, I need to sleep, but I won't. You know, I'll, look, I'll just go after the kingpin. I think this is right before he hallucinated leaving. And he's he's like, I'll just beat him to death until he gives me my life back. And each panel is zooming closer to that doorknob. And mm-hmm. you just think he's going to go open it. And the next panel is him saying, I'm tired. And then he's he just sleeping. Like there, there's... Like the artwork and the pacing of everything in this book. Mm-hmm. Down to that panel that I showed in our logo where he... Comes out of the river from that taxi cab, and he's just going through the, the alleyway, just like totally broken. And just the way that the city is presented in the background, it's just so good. There's so much good stuff. Uh, yeah, Nezakelli. what about that?
2: When uh, his basically his mother, I guess, has revealed to he like he re, he finds out that Maggie is his mother. That's how I picked it up anyway. Maybe it was metaphorical, but... No, I think it's... And uh, I'm almost 100% sure that is that is his mother. Hmm. which is pr- I, n- I never thought before this... I never even thought about Matt Murdock's mother, but... Because um, he always talks about only his father, but I guess that's completely like a legitimate or... Not legitimate, but... I, I, that's a pretty big reveal, I guess. I mean, you know, they, they have sort of this you know, stranger kind of relationship, but she's there and cares for him and does what she can for him. And that's when she's like resuscitating him from pneumonia from coming out of the river.
0: How about that, that splash page too, where she's kneeling over him as if the Jesus, you know, when he was pulled down from the cross and Mary is like kneeling next to Jesus. Like, yeah. that is like yeah. super mm-hmm. overt, uh, like reference, but it's it's perfect, and it, like he's like he's a he's a, like is essentially a Catholic, and it just, I mean, he wears the cross after he's like kind of rescued by his mother. It's just, ugh, ugh.
2: And at the same time, this is happening. The guy, the guy is pulling himself out of the river, and the whole, effing sequence with Ben Yurick's wife. Oh being man. like being hung in the shower. Oh god, I had like heart palpitations. That was the worst thing. This isn't the wife of a superhero or anything like that. This is a a, guy, a reporter who sure, you know, probably gets you know, could get his hands dirty cracking the news, but I mean, this is a nice woman who, you know, wants nothing but nice things for, you know, and to accommodate people and stuff. And and Ben, like, rushes in the bathroom because she's hanging from the shower, and he, like,
0: saves her last minute. Oh, my God. It was like, this is not fair. How great was the scene, too, where Daredevil silently followed into the apartment and took care of the chick while he was saving his wife. Oh, man. And he just leaves, too. So many scenes, too, where he purposefully doesn't make his presence known even though Mm -hmm. he's like seemingly totally healthy and back to normal he still sticks to you know hiding in plain sight
2: yeah he even uh he even like gordon ramsay's that diner like he starts cooking hamburgers there and it turns out to be the best diner in hell's kitchen and people are there and ben urich is no longer alone like he used to go to that diner because it was nice and quiet and the food stunk, but <laughs> Matt Murdock can cook hamburgers with the best of them, and then he's a blind guy. I said, I don't know what your next point was,
1: but I don't think we can end the discussion I'm talking about Nuke. First appearance, the 1970s drug-addled recreation of Captain America, and what is essentially a turning point in Captain America's overall story arc for the next, I don't know, 20 years?
0: I actually... For this read through, I felt that the Captain America stuff was out of place, and I didn't really. I didn't feel like I actually, it, and it led into the resolution of the story. I don't know if maybe yeah. I was I subconsciously skipped over some panels, but I felt like it all happened so fast, and I didn't get why Captain America needed to be a huge aspect of Daredevil getting a resolution. And I also felt like the resolution wasn't as impactful as what happened to Matt Murdock at the end. Like, oh, definitely. They only alluded to Kingpin, his empire starting to crumble and some people not treating him with the same amount of respect as he had previously. And then it just kind of ended. And then he's walking with Karen and smiling. Like, I felt like it was way too abrupt. I thought there was another issue after that. The Captain America stuff was cool, but it was like, why am I worried about Captain America's thoughts on the government in Born Again? Like, I didn't get it.
1: I thought, you know, and it is strange to try to piece it together because it doesn't encapsulate the story. And you think a story that this prominent, you think it should have, like, bookends, like a beginning and an end. But I think it's more of Frank Miller in the 80s trying to do anything except for the status quo. I mean you gotta think in the eighties that's what he was against was the you know, having a story that goes in all these great places, but at the end of the day, the guy's still the same character he was uh before it all started. So Born Again was really his way of just tearing a character to its its bare, bare minimum. And then when he's done with him it's not it's not put back into place. And it would take matt Murdock years to get back to where he was i've heard, i'm not sure what the follow-up issue was when um after this cause, and i wish i could remember but i think Ann takes over at some point just makes him like a vagabond wanderer of like mm. the entire u.s and he just goes about writing wrongs before he comes back
0: how about how about foggy kind of being not a great best friend I mean, by I stealing like, his ex and marrying her, essentially,
1: and then beating a the guy like to
0: death with a bowling ball? He was not as worried as any best friend should be when your best friend disappears and is making frantic, freakish phone calls in the middle of the night. I mean, I can see why like he essentially, I guess, finally found love and things were working out for him. But there was an aspect like, you know, put an effort in. At this point, and maybe if you've been reading Daredevil for 100 issues previous, maybe he had been for 100 issues, but it felt like in this issue, he really just dropped the friendship ball a little bit.
2: Yeah, it was, it was almost weird that he even, like, helped Matt Murdock appeal all those charges. Like, that almost felt forced, like he didn't want to do it, and then after that, he almost loses complete communication with Matt and... You know, probably you know, things might be awkward. He's he he's fell in love with Matt's ex girlfriend and you know, which is cool that he found love and and all that. But yeah, I, I I felt the same. I didn't think it took away but he definitely after reading Mark Wade's run and Matt and Foggy like full disclosure each other, you know, with everything like they're almost like a married couple, and i I love that aspect uh about the, the relationship in the new run. this was a little a little weird, but it wasn't you know it, it, it i don't think it took away from anything but yeah it was it was weird I, and I also to talk you guys got into the nuke discussion i I also did think that those last two issues were almost. Out of place, too. It was like bringing a gun to a knife fight. Like all this psychological warfare was happening. And then you get Nuke coming in and like napalming Hell's Kitchen, which was odd. And I think, I don't know, it just seemed even out of place when two issues previous, Kingpin is like placing the call and he's like brings up in conversations like Nuke's. Over in uh, Vietnam, he you know he's out of out of the country and and like that's what you're gonna that's your final answer and maybe that's because he's de- you know he's slowly descending into madness because he can't find you know Daredevil or Matt Murdock in hiding. So I definitely thought
1: nuke. Oh, what's that? Was no it, nuke was just a product of the Kingpin's desperation. Yeah, because there's a ton of times where like there's an afterthought like after he gets that size nine X karate gi on and beats up everybody and kills that guy in a sweat lodge. He's like, Murdoch is still alive. I haven't won yet. Murdoch is still alive. Like, I think Nuke was just a total, like,
2: knee-jerk reaction. But not, to not take away from... But I did like the Captain America stuff. I mean, Born Again aside, I love how Captain America, if this was a Captain America issue, it was pretty amazing that he saw this guy wearing the stars and stripes, you know, tattooed on his face. And then he wants, he starts inquiring into the government. He's like, who is this guy, and why is he wearing the American flag and, and burning up New York? And he starts questioning that, the government and stuff like that.
1: That Nuke was so enamored by Cap that he just listened to him. Yeah, Like, he was yeah. a childhood hero. Cap's he's like, whatever you say, Cap. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. I got the front lines. There was one scene, which I thought was hilarious, where they're doing battle, and I what I think was S.H.I.E.L.D. Maybe, was it the S.H.I.E.L.D. building or was it just a government building? Does anybody remember where he found Nuke? I don't think it was the S.H.I.E.L.D. building. It was just a government building. Oh, okay. For, maybe because I thought it was a S.H.I.E.L.D. building, but I remember they Treadstone did battle and building. then they, they went through a wall and they like the wall was like a, like a half a foot thick and I just remember thinking, like, wouldn't they have like a secure wall in that building where they couldn't just run <laughs> through it and then yeah. just be out of the building? Especially knowing that people in the world have superhuman strength. Right, yeah. If you're going to be keeping Nuke anywhere, I don't think they're just going to be having a window there where you could just easily just jump out. (laughs) Just a little drywall, babe. That's all you need. Uh, Daredevil Born. Again, amazing. We got your letters.
1: I'm going to open them up. Farrington's going to read them.
2: To you. Real quick, Letters. too. Oh, sorry. 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 Real quick. Um, sorry. 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 Felix Manning. There was a little blurb by Ben Yurik that um, two of Kingpin's uh, guys had died, and one of them was Felix Manning, which I think starts the. First issue of the Spider-Man Craven's Last Hunt. It, doesn't he huh. arrive at Felix Manning's funeral? I'm going to have to go to the hardcover and check that out. To Peter Parker I'm attends a former... Sure. I, I think it's Felix Manning's. Peter Parker or Spider-Man's like up in the rafters of of the guy's funeral, and he's like in a monologuing how he used to be a criminal, but he was paroled and he was getting his life back on track or something. I'm curious to see if it's huh. the same guy. Man, when did if those, ish, list, if those, those series
0: out? if those series came out within months of each other my mm-hmm. lord what a what a prestigious like year for comic books at that point absolutely letters of papercake.com uh Sorry. you send us a letter if we have time we will read it on the era making you a star instantly. Do, ahead do ahead. we get any
1: letters? Got it? I apologize. We have one letter. Uh, I'll, I'll grab it, Dale, if you want. Thanks. I it up. Uh, hey, fellas. I recently found a reread Ultimate 6. As Mandy Boo says, ugh. The story felt really thin and thrown together, and the art from Trevor Hairsign was pretty terrible. Ben tried to build oh, the story no. up, but it toppled like a tower of rice cakes, tasteless and full of air. Anybody oh, reading the new Hulk book worth a pickup? So is Fark Marrington's email bonesy at trolling dot com or what? <laughs> <laughs> Later peeps at Dragonfro. Uh Dragon I, Fro, I gave up Runner burner stuff. emails. I gave them up. I don't. Uh, I don't do uh, fake accounts. Or do I?
0: Alleged. Alleged. I remember that Ultimate Six storyline because Cassidy did covers. But I also love Trevor Hairsign. I don't remember what that storyline was about, though.
1: I think it's about uh, the Ultimate Sinister Six.
0: Well, thanks <laughs> for <laughs> that, <laughs> Jonesy. But thanks for clearing up that hazy topic for us. Can you guys
1: feel the energy in this room right now? <laughs> you know was great about those
0: it. Ultimate books is where they had those black borders on the covers, so you knew it was an Ultimate book. Oh, mm. I
1: love them.
2: And mm. red for Spidey. I'd be curious to go back and read Ultimate Six. I thought I remember liking it, but maybe I only read the first two. I can't remember.
1: And Dragonfly, your second question: I am not reading the new Hulk book. uh, Hulk has never been one of those characters that can probably read monthly titles.
0: You heard it here first. You guys, uh, you guys reading it? Nah. Okay. Um, <laughs> if they had like a series of regular artists, the art team shifts on that book a lot because I think Walt Simonson did like a few issues and then is doing issues and, uh, they need a Samny. They need a Somni on there. And Dale's talking about it on
2: this last issue of paper keg. You talk about reading two issues.
0: I don't think anybody realized that that you mentioned it in the show. I think you talked about Daredevil.
1: And then something, something, the Hulk. <laughs> uh,
0: what a show. You
1: good know, the meetup.
0: The meetup is coming up. It's right around the like corner. Oh, snap. Yeah, That's right. Yeah, boy. Yeah, boy. And I think we're one actually back. recording episode 109 uh, in about 10 minutes. It certainly be feels like way. Next week.
2: Oh, yeah. Big things happening uh, next week.
0: Good. A little heavens. bit of
1: a. Comic Con.
0: I think we might have to leave that episode up to be edited by Dale underscore A. Could well, be I just uh, monumental. <laughs> I <just pooped> <laughs> Jonesy, this could be one of your finer episodes. Can I say oh, that? Thank you. Can thank I say you. that? I, uh,
1: yeah, you can, certainly. Mole.
0: Um We will see everybody next week. Goodbye. Dropbox running over there or something? You're you're going Me? like time traveling, yeah?
1: No, no. Dropbox is paused. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Sinking. Double, pause he's double at it. At it. <laughs> Yeah, I should have double checked a while he's ago. He's closing it. windows frantically right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so there was a lightning rebuttal,
0: uh, and I had one on Slim's book. I think I said one, but I don't remember what it was for. Oh, mouse guard maybe. Stan Sakai is in the book as himself?
2: No, uh, Legends of the Guard is a a uh, jam session, if you will. Like different creators are taking a it. jab at mouse guard stories. So Stan Sakai is doing, did a mouse guard story with his art
0: and story. I ever tell you I met Stan Sakai? You did? <laughs> yeah, I met him.
2: Old hat now. It was great.
0: We uh, we were hanging out at uh, San Diego Comic-Con last year. Just oh, throwing man. some back. You guys were playing wall ball outside? You had a beer.
2: <laughs> you had a beer with Sansa Kai.
0: I don't know if he was drinking beer. I can't remember what he was drinking, but he looked phenomenal. Sake? Maybe? I think it might have been sake, as they say in uh, his native land. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. You, I can't believe
2: you didn't text
0: me. Probably I probably Jonesy. did, and then you were like annoyed, and you blocked it out, or you like probably deleted did. the conversation. Yeah. I threw my phone F- against him. the wall. F <laughs>
2: him. F that should be me.
0: F him. Yeah. Mo. Wh- Mo.
2: Mo. Mo. <laughs>
0: Mo. You don't care what I'm saying right now. No. You. You don't <laughs> know who stance a guy is. You. Uh, I think you rebutted me, Jonesy. Was that on my Batman uh, no, 66? No, it wasn't.
1: I don't know if it was a true rebuttal. I enjoyed the book. I just don't understand why it's so polarizing.
0: Batman sixty six is People are either polarizing? in love
1: with it or I, you know, I've seen some jibber jabber that it's you know people hate digital. Some naysayers hate digital. It's going to be a print book I too. Why. I think it's coming out at the same time. I don't know what. The, I don't know. I don't know if a print book could match up
0: to how great that uh, I, guided view technology is I, on that book. I actually I forgot that I read that Wolverine's Japan's most wanted too. Oh, but yeah. the Batman sixty six is. Just so enjoyable to sit. I read on the train today. I read issue number two. It was just great sitting back. Issue number having number iPad. Yeah. It's a weekly, my friend. Oh my God. I weekly. I, I subscribe to that ish. Um, And just sitting back, you know, I don't have to have the iPad up to my face. I had it, like, on my lap near my knees, and I just it was just perfect. Tapping through, seeing the little act, the boom, kapow, pop-up. Just felt great. Oh, great. That's amazing. I Loved can picture,
2: I can picture you, uh, like, throwing your head back, chuckling, looking around, see if anybody's
0: noticing you. Read. <laughs> <laughs> right? I right? just, like, Anyone? point the, the iPad in their direction. You see this? <laughs> huh? I'm mean, Huh? 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 Ask, me what, exact... ask me what app this is. Ask me.
2: The ask exact me. opposite of what you would ever do. and i <laughs> It's my new favorite imagery.
0: <laughs> Uh, actually no, yesterday on the train, there was, there was, I thought there was going to be a street fight because a woman what? came on with her loud child and it was like, what time did I get home last? It was probably like nine o'clock and everyone on that train just looked miserable because it was, I think people <laughs> thought it might've been where people thought it was a quiet train and there was this a loud child. I'll tell you what, you don't cross anybody on the quiet train. Really? No matter what time of day it is. You do not cross anyone.
2: Is this a thing? The quiet train? Is oh a- Yeah. Back um, quiet the, car. Final,
0: the final car or the final two cars are designated quiet cars. Unofficially uh, or officially? Officially. Really? So I think the rule, I think it stops after 10 a.m., but before 10 a.m. and after, I don't know, 4 p.m., you do not make a sound in those cars. I actually have not even realized that my headphones were too loud and people have have, have tapped me on the shoulder. nuh like, can you turn your headphones a little loud? I just imagine somebody crossing you and just doing one of these. Well, you get to the point where in that car, people were like, like it's going to do anything to a mother and their loud child. They would turn around and just look like oh, there's yeah. some kind of unspoken bond yeah. where... I'm telling you with my eyes that your child is being a D-bag and you need to take care of it. I was like ready to punch the people that were turning around. I was like, do you have kids? Do you know what that's like? <laughs> right. Yeah, that's, a, that's a, so strange. Having someone that's under three on a train or anywhere where they do not want to be. Wow, the quiet oh. car. Quiet car etiquette. I'm oh, obs- yeah. I'm going to get obsessed with this. I'm going to be texting you all the time about it. People, I mean, you'll see the, 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 the head turn. <laughs> yeah. What?
1: I- what happens
0: parent, on the other cars? That. You can talk on the phone as much as you want. Have those uh, that music turned up. You can but have music
2: turned up on the I mean, non-quiet within
0: or? within reason. <laughs> it, we, Apparently, uh, we too, I, I was pool. reading Jensen's yeah, stop interrupting me right now. You <laughs> stop it. I'm trying to learn about the quiet car. for an hour. Jensen's Dropbox is slowing his uh, hearing down so he doesn't realize he's interrupting us. The um We were looking up, I think we looked up the Poconos because we were wondering where we're going to live when I moved to the shop. For some reason, we thought the Poconos was going to be a good idea. (laughs) Commuting distance. (laughs) I think the commuting. So there's a bus that, there's like a bus route that goes from the Poconos to New York City and people actually do it. It's like a two hour bus ride, but people go on that bus and they just go to sleep. Like it's totally just pitch black. And you do not even really open up an iPhone and you'll get, like, punched in the mouth. Wow.
2: Yeah, I bet. Because it's...
0: That's your uh, that's a slice hell of, of life. That's your... You know, for tonight. That's
2: your killer commute home. My God. <laughs> <laughs> Bus careening on icy Poc- Pocono roads. Yeah. Camelbacking. I mean,
0: the worst is when someone... You know, there's this, the trains are situated in a manner that on the left side there's three tra- seats and on the right side there's two. So I usually always go for the, the two-seater if I can because if you are on the morning train and there's only one person on those three seats, you can sit you know, one open space away, but someone will come in and just pack it like a sardine, and you'll be three across. Some people sit on those two-seaters and put their bag on the left seat. Like, what are you, what are you trying to pull here? Right. Like, you're going to try to make me look like a jerk by asking you to move that bag? Is that what's happening? Like, I will purposely... Sit next to you if you have a bag on that chair. Like, yeah, yeah. you're G-damn right you're going to move that bag right now. I'm going to make you move it, put it above you on the headrest. Get out of here. Stink. Tricks. That's commuting. That's my life. I love it. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you have like a two-hour drive to work every morning anyway, don't you?
2: It is the most trying. I I just think about the hours and money spent on that G Damn commute. It's like mm. an hour and fifteen minutes oh my both God. ways. My God. It's killer. When you when you it. have nothing when you're kinda of burnt out in audiobooks and the you try you tr- you 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 have faith and try to sample a new podcast and you end <laughs> up just punching out your stereo system and throwing the <laughs> iPhone cord out the window because you put <laughs> all your faith you put all your faith into the one podcast, new podcast you decided to try in 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 quarters, in fiscal quarters. It's the first one, and you got to go back to listen to uh, satellite radio because uh, you just all full up. You can't take it anymore with the audio quality and the uh, and the uh, video game. Who, who talks nothing about video games?
0: Four-hour video game podcast about nothing but. Be- Nothing about video games,
2: man. I and I, you know, all, all I'm trying to do right now is just consume. I'm in a. I'm, I'm on a video game kick. You know, I'm all about the new gen systems. I'm all about games, even though I just I've been playing Skyrim almost exclusively for the past few months. I don't know. I don't know. It's it's my life. It's like I'm like Nicolas Cage in that ambulance movie. Wake the Dead. <laughs> I'm like the movie poster. I've never seen the movie, but I've seen the movie poster. It's a and great that is poster. Like,
0: you look at these eyes, and it's that. Is it Wake the Dead? Or is it something else, The Dead? That's a Scorsese John. Can we get the intern on that? I'm, I'm on it. Don James Garvey's it. listening right now. He's probably f- spilling coffee all over his lap while he edits his 10th yeah. podcast in the morning. He,
2: he probably looks like he just got buzzed by the, by the tower and Top Gun. He spills it all over. Damn it. Uh, You just listened to the most jarring thing he's heard.
0: You know, I talked to Don Garvey about me being a guest on that show. What? To to talk about a certain movie Uh, that he has uh, opinions on. Tom Cruise movie? Last Samurai. But which Tom Cruise movie, Jonesy? That's the question. Last Samurai? No. I know which one one it is. No one would ever speak ill of that movie. They know what's good for them. Bring bringing out the dead, Scorsese. Bringing out the dead. There you go. Thank there we you. go. One movie by the name of Minority Report. Ah, oh, fantastic film. Thank you. Fantastic film. Love that movie. Ideally, I would be. <laughs> oh, ideally, I would be a film. local local participant of the show. Yeah, I want to keep that local uh... echo riff vibe somehow. But that's just who knows how that would work. The logistics alone are mind-bottling. Maybe you can get those
2: two on the uh, quiet train and, meet, and work something <laughs> out to where you're super low decibel. You know, you maybe can, you can do the podcast day... with your minds.
0: It'll <laughs> <laughs> just be you guys staring at each other on the quiet train. That'd be one of their highbrow concepts. Then yeah. Mike Connolly uh, takes a big Cleveland steamer over some comic book that he read. Barely. And he just steams all over. You guys over hear
1: it. about this new Mark Wade Daredevil run? Toilet paper, Mark right.
0: Wade Daredevil run. I don't get it. MCon, Echo Ref, check him out. Guy's a doll.
1: Well, I do love that guy. He uh, defended my uh, my uh, innocence in Fishtown last year for the meetup. He walked yeah. me to my car.
2: <laughs> I think it you was, insisted. He nice. I think you insisted he walk you to your car. I
1: did. I said I, I need the biggest man with wearing no sleeves to walk into my car, and he just
2: appeared. You took
0: the nice out of your jack boot, and we were ready. You were ready to <laughs> brawl under the bridge. He was, he was wearing those Shawn Michael cowboy boots, and with blue jeans over him, <laughs> yeah. and his cowboy hat. I don't. I don't think uh, my wife is going to the to the barcade. What? I gotta. I gotta figure out how I'm getting down there. What my my schedule looks like. Don't you don't
2: use <sighs> SOBs, You don't make me the only one there one with a wife. <phone rings>